Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Edit audio. Hmm. Well, look who it is. I guess you're back. Season two, baby. I had a really fun time getting to know you in season one, and I am so excited and honestly a little bit nervous because I'm about to go on some really great dates with some sexy, talented, amazing, queer people doing awesome things, and I don't even know what I'm going to (laughs) wear. But thankfully, I'll have you by my side to keep me calm, cool, and collected. Anyways... We're going to start one soon. Uh, Do you want to pull up a seat? Let's get into it. So the first person I'm meeting up with is Vegas. Vegas is an exceptionally talented tattoo artist here in Toronto. And they've done almost the majority of my tattoos. I'm trying to meet up with them to kind of talk about this one tattoo that I need to cover up. There's also a rumor going around that they've got a podcast coming out called The Teardown, so I want to hear all about it. So, let's get into it. Let's get to know Vegas. I'm going to shoot them a text real quick, and you just come around the back, okay? See you soon. Thank you so much for making time to see me, Vegas. Um, Do you want to see the damage? I'd love to. See what we're working with. Okay. So... I didn't get to tell you all the details, but basically on the first date with this cute girl that I met on Tinder, we decided, hey, let's just stick and poke each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she did that? Yeah. That's pretty good. I mean, but now we have this matching tattoo and like it's not going so well. Oh. So any suggestions on what I could cover this up with? Um, well, that's a very interesting story. It would really depend on how big you wanted it to be. It's in there. Yeah, and does it make a difference that it's stick and poke too? No. (laughs) It's absolutely no difference. It's well done. Um, we could cover it up with a broken heart. Oh. Maybe. Yeah. Because it would represent... Your broken yeah. heart, I'm assuming? We're yeah, just... it was... She just stopped texting, and I was like, okay, whatever. You clearly aren't interested. So yeah. I don't want to have this now on me for her mm. to be able to say, like, yeah, 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 we have this matching tattoo, you know? Like, I just want to make something completely new, completely fresh, and probably never do stick and poke date again in the future. I actually have kind of a similar story. Yeah? Yeah. What kind of tattoos? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay, so I like was on Tinder very many years ago and I like matched with this person. We went on this date and it was like honestly god awful. They were the most mundane, the most boring person um, and then just emotionally activated the whole time. Yeah, like throughout the whole date, they would just shut down. And the whole time I was just kind of like, okay. We were at Jack Astor's, as one does, downtown. Uh Um, You know, the one uh, by Eden Center. Yes. yes. Yeah. And um, we were like, okay, let's go back to my ends in the east and hang out and go to, like, a dive bar. While we were on our way to College Station, 
they shut down again. And we were sitting, you know where the grocery store is? The bench is just mm-hmm. there when you go under. We were just sitting there in silence for like 20 minutes until I just like kind of looked at them and was like, do you, do you, should we leave? Like, should we not be around each other right now? And they're like, we could still hang out. And I don't know what was going on with me at that time, but I was like, okay. So we go to the dive bar on the Danforth, we're talking and I'm like, do you want to tattoo me? And they were like, yeah, of course. So I took them back to my apartment because I was tattooing out of my place at that time. Mm-hmm. And I had them tattoo me. And the fucked up part about this is that I had them tattoo me how I felt the whole date. And so I had them tattoo this face that's just like mundane face just to like represent the fact that I'm a dumb bitch and I probably should have left. And then we had like a very tumultuous two week relationship, but yeah, I think I'm going to keep this though. Yeah, it's cute. So and you're it's, not it's alone. It's a good story. Yeah. So maybe, <laughs> maybe it's a fun little like thing Anecdote. to keep. Anecdote, right? Yeah. Like at least I didn't do her name because I really thought about like just doing her name and just making it like a thing. Like we were just so in the moment, you know, like those like two day long lesbian dates mm-hmm. that just like feel like you're so in the moment you're like vibing you're just planning your marriage out talking about kids all those things <laughs> yeah. because yeah. you're just around each other so long enthralled in the sheets and a lot yes. of sex yeah, yes all of it. it's yeah. all a confusing time so i was really ready to just like risk it all and tattoo her name on me but i settled for peace instead i chose peace I chose peace. Yeah. Have you ever gotten any like names on you or considered? Oh, <laughs> I'm folks make a joke about me uh, that I am uh, literally a walking guest book. <laughs> I have basically tattooed probably the most prevalent relationships on my body. Like how long relationship wise? Like, I mean, people I didn't really even love. Oh. Uh, just because they had done it first okay. and I had done it. Yeah, so I have one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> like either matching tattoos or names on me. One of which was, the I won't say their name out loud, <laughs> but huge name across my thigh. And that was probably the third tattoo I ever did. Oh, so you tattooed career. on yourself? Yeah. Yeah, their name, because they had tattooed my name on their arm. And I was like, well, I'm becoming a tattoo artist, so let me just... And I'll just cover it whenever. I have yet to cover it. It's been 10 years. Not for any significance other than I just don't like getting tattooed and it hurts. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I definitely have a lot of names and matching tattoos on me. Wow, I'm I'm surprised. Because for you, is it like, is it deep? For okay, so like I guess for me, I'm just like it's so I won't even tattoo my my child's name because I'm like, uh, well, I like you in the future. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like his name is Romeo, and I'm like a lot of people have Romeo just tattooed on them. Oh no, you're gonna find yourself a stud at like these parties, and they're like, you have my name tattooed. Yeah, on exactly. So oh, I'm like, yeah. I don't want any of that. But maybe I'll put like I did his I put his birth number. That's cute. You also have like a very, I feel like your tattoos are very curated and well done. Thank you. I don't feel like they're curated at all. Really? (laughs) I feel like they're so like random, but I appreciate. No, they're well, I mean, I I did some of them. You did a lot of them. (laughs) They are very well done. But I think the way that you have them, like you're in a good spot. Okay. So don't just don't follow my lead and get a bunch of X's. I only do them because I feel like I'm a tattoo artist. I can get them covered whenever I want. True. Okay, yeah. And yeah. so they're just there mm. and they don't really mean anything to me. But there are a lot of people that I was either fucking, dating, or seeing who are marked by me permanently. Not only my name, but like pieces that I've done on them. So I'm like, mm. I love that for them. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them are still in love with me, but that's neither here nor there. If it's still there, then clearly. Yeah. Mm hmm. Well, speaking of the dating, like, what's your ideal date? My ideal date Mm -hmm. is drinks to help with the nerves. I honestly, a lot of times end up at like Church Street at like at like one of the bars there, um, just like dinner and drinks 
and maybe a hang after. I don't know. I like things that are very low key and then like somebody who could carry a conversation. Mm. Like my first date, I want to do something where we're interacting with each other and I get to get more of a vibe of like who they are rather than like going somewhere where we can't really hear each other, can't really talk like a movie or like a show just doesn't feel right for me. But mm. yeah, that's like my ideal date situation. It doesn't always have to be drinks though. I will be drinking, mm-hmm. but the other person could be doing whatever they want to do. Yeah. True. I always think about like my first dates when I like came into my queerness because I feel like <laughs> when I was dating men before, I didn't really go Ugh. on dates. Yeah. It was more like, let's link up. Let's hang out in the car. Oh, my God. And then, <laughs> and then they <laughs> pull down this seat, you know. <laughs> men are this, it's so funny as you were as soon as you mentioned men, I like remember literally just being in the car with a guy and then maybe going out to get something to eat and not knowing like if I'm going to be paying or not. Oh, my the anxiety. Yeah, because with men, it's just so like. I don't know, like flippant with them. Mm-hmm. And if I pull out my wallet, they're like, no, 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 I got you. I'm like, I don't know if you have money like that. Like, I have no way. We're hanging out in your car, your Chrysler 3000 or whatever the case is. So, yeah, dating men was uh, mostly just hanging out in their cars or in their rooms. Yeah. That just also unlocked a memory for me. I remember being like 18 and I went for dinner with this guy. We went to Mandarin. I had like Mandarin. You know, Mandarin, yeah. <laughs> I remember Mandarin. <laughs> in we went to Mandarin and had like one plate. And then he's like, I don't know, I'm just anxious. We should go. And I was like, What? <laughs> like, why are you anxious? And he's like, I don't know, let's just get the bill and go. And I'm like, get the what do you mean get the bill? Like you're paying, right? And he's like, No, I don't have money. And I was like, Are you kidding me? Wait, what? Was he anxious because he was broke? I don't know if he was anxious because he was broke, but I was just like, you, you invited me here. And now you're telling me like, oh, I can't pay. I'm like, what? Like, don't you work? You know, like, I'm not made of a money. A drug dealer I, or something. Right? Like, don't, you don't have anything? Like, seriously? He's like, no, I have like $40,000 in debt. I was like, oh, fine. <laughs> so I was actually Our hoping that you were going to help me out. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, If you were going to pay for it already, why couldn't you stay? Right? Like, why wouldn't you say that from the beginning? Yeah. Like, and, and then I was just mad because I'm like, okay, I'll pay whatever I have, like, my little, like, credit card. But I, I was mad because I'm like, I only had one plate. It's Mandarin. Right. It's all-you-can-eat buffet. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. You better sit down, sir. <laughs> Let me eat these, like, next five plates if I'm paying. But he was like, oh, no, no, I'm so anxious. And he was the one who drove. So uh, I'm just like, ah. Is he a weed smoker? No. So, so what did you guys do after? I went back to his place and we just like did like smoked um, shisha. Oh my god! And sex. So you ended up hooking up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's why he right? was anxious. He's like, I'm excited to get my dick sucked. That's what I'm trying to do. No. Men dating men. Honestly, I'm not somebody that believes that like only people are born gay. Like mm. I feel like everybody's born sexually fluid. That's mm-hmm. like how we're socialized. Like might impact what our sexuality might be or whatever the case, you know, all the other stuff. I won't get political on this show, <laughs> but dating men, if it was a choice, I would, I chose not to date men any longer. It's so men. ghetto. It just feels so out of place for my life. <laughs> I was in love with this boy. Tell me. Tell no. Me <laughs> I was in, oh, wait, he informed my first tattoo, actually. Huh? Mm-hmm. I was in love with this boy. I met him when I was like, 13 and he used to like steal cars and like steal little like pocket bikes like the motor ones and like let the neighborhood kids like ride them around and I thought that was like so cool he was so sweet and I was infatuated with him but he was the hood and he lived in his mom's basement the basement was not finished it was just cold it was just bed pure cement with the washer and the dryer, and sometimes the washer would flood. and just... With the pink thing on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of my memory. Yes. And screaming, not the Literally. It was the thing. unfinished, and it, like for the door was a, a, a stapled bed sheet. Yeah, I was in love with him for years. 
I don't know how old I was. I might have, it must have been like, yeah, around like 13, 14. He was like, you should, he was getting tatted at that point. I was like, oh my God, you're so cool. And he was like, you should get a rose on your neck. You know, you like touch me on the mm-hmm. neck. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so honestly, like my, we weren't even together, but like my first tattoo was a rose on my neck. Wow. To like represent him, I guess, and that relationship and how much it meant to me. That's so cute. Because back then tattoos had to mean something for me. Uh-huh. It's, it's now covered, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, he probably has a podcast now. <laughs> I think the last time I heard from him, he called me uh, the F slur in the DMs. Woo! They can't handle it. They can't. No. They feel personally attacked. Yeah. I'm like, personally. it wasn't obvious. I hated having sex every time. Well, I guess they wouldn't know because they don't know what it feels like for a woman to have an orgasm. Mm. So they couldn't tell the difference, I suppose. For me, it was like. <laughs> I, I dated men for so long because like the people like the dudes I was dating were people that I kind of wanted to be like, you know, like where it's like I don't want you, I want to be you. Mm. Gender, yeah. gender euphoria. Look at me now. How have you had any of your ex male partners or otherwise since I don't want to say coming out, but like since existing now in your truth of being non-binary? Do you? Yeah. Did anybody reach out and was like, is it because of me? Oh, my God. (laughs) Only my son's dad was like, did I have anything? And I'm like, no. Literally, it just like, because I felt like he wanted to have that claim. You know, to be like, yeah. You know what I mean? To be like, yeah, Mm -hmm. it was me. You know, like, that's why they're gay now. But I'm the last man. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. No. But. I just blocked a lot of them because I'm like, I don't want you to see me. I don't want you to see my life. And I feel like I look really different mm-hmm. from those times to now. Yeah, I've seen your picture. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we've known each other for a while, too. I did know you around those times. Yeah. yeah. Back in my, like, Instagram days of being pansex princess. <gasps> <laughs> yes. I've since changed over the account to be my uh, drag king name. Yeah. But yeah, pad sex princess days where I was just like, cutie, try hard. I love with the two, with the bangs. With the, the bangs. bangs. Yeah. Um, what else? I don't know. I was just like really into like being a hipster at the time too. That was a big thing. Mm. But yeah, that was when I was just coming to my queerness and I was like, I'm pansexual. But yeah, I blocked all the dudes I ever dated. Anyone that I ever thought of, I just went through my phone one day, blocked them. Like, did the Instagram contact thing where you find your friends that way? Oh, jeez. Just found them and I was like, block, block, block. I'm scared to do I don't want to intersect them. No. I don't want that. But how long have you been tattooing? Because I think for as long as I've known you, I've always known you as Vegas Inc. I've been tattooing like 11 years now. I started young. I can't believe how integrated tattooing and dating is for me. Okay, yeah. Mm. The person who bought my first machine, I was dating them. Wow. Yeah. I started when I was around. 17, 18, I had just like found stable housing at that point and was like be like tapping back into my artistic shit and was getting tattooed and my ex. So I was dating somebody and then I had an ex, Mm -hmm. my ex that was my best friend who I was in love with, who stayed in my life. We know we know those ones. Oh, yes, yes, there's uh, there's always that person Mm -hmm. in your life. They were like, you should uh, start tattooing. And they like showed a tattoo artist my work. And they were like, yeah, like you do certain types of art really well, which is hard to capture as an artist. So I just started the girl I was seeing at the time. She bought me my first machine at Studio One. And I just started from there. I just started tattooing from home and tattooing people off the rip, which I don't recommend. Don't do that. (laughs) But she swear she is my claim to fame oh yeah that's annoying that's a big regret but um i mean also an experience i guess i would never have or would not have thought to do that at the time had it not been for them my exes so were you drawing lots before like how like how did you go from getting the tattoo machine yes yeah. yeah. <laughs> i'm like tattoo what's this don't thing? call it a gun yeah a tattoo machine <laughs> tattoo machine yeah. like before that were you drawing lots and like how did that come to be mm-hmm. yeah i had always been an artist 
I drew a lot as a kid and then there was a point in my life where things were just very precarious and tumultuous so I stopped and that's why like once I found stable housing I had much more free time because I wasn't running road so much mm. and uh, yeah so I, I got into it I don't think that I realized how much drawing was a main factor for tattooing mm-hmm. I was in the hood so I was fucking tracing a lot of things I wasn't really recreating anything so like even as I started tattooing I wasn't even tattooing like my art like in the way that I have been in the last I think it's the last nine or eight years mm-hmm. I was drawing but I was not like what they saw was like a drawing of like Huey from Boondocks and they're like oh my god you should be a tattoo artist and oh. I'm like, I was gonna say, what are you drawing? Yeah, but it's stuff like that. It was a lot that. of hands. I like uh-huh. to incorporate hands a lot in my art, and just like sort of like illustrative elements like that. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I drew a lot of anime. I read a lot of manga. I was obsessed. I would like watch music videos or things on TV mm-hmm. and then draw them like as they're happening. It's just a lot of that kind of stuff. So has your style changed over time? Oh my god, yeah, yeah. In, like, the industry, I'm considered, like, a street-style artist, which means that I have a diverse portfolio. I could do most things that walk into the door because a lot of the shops I worked at, I had to do that and have a versatility. Like I said, I was, like, tattooing in fucking Scarborough, so it was a lot of prayer hands and script and Bible quotes, and which really helped strengthen my foundation. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely shifted now. I still am able to implement the diversity of different art styles, tattooing styles, but I lean into a lot of the things I like to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Things that I'm enjoying right now are like line work, illustrative, sort of Victorian style botanicals, Mm -hmm. which I find to be very cathartic and soothing Mm -hmm. to just like look at nature and flora and just replicate it. And stylize it in ways that like feel like that honor my style. And then I just also like to do like illustrative, traditional stuff, full color work. Like, as you know, I work on like melanated skin, Mm -hmm. black and brown people, I guess also with the responsibility of being an artist that is queer, that is like mixed black. I get a lot of black and brown folks who get tattooed by me so I have to say diversified yeah yeah that's definitely like because I've seen your work for years Mm -hmm. but it extra like draws me towards getting tattoos by you because you you are black you are also non-binary and you work and do color on people who are melanated yeah so like the one tattoo that I've got here like the colors are just popping popping and I never would have like imagined that I could get colors like this until you were just like, yeah, it's like, I know. like you made it seem so chill. I'm just like, but the internet makes it seem so hard. I get so many clients. It's like I'm very sympathetic to their plights and their experiences. It's not that it's, I'm jaded. It's just been so like it's so normalized for me. We're like. I get emails that are like, um, I'm dark skinned or, and they go into this long song and dance about how they don't think they're like, I really want to get color, but if it won't work and like this whole thing and literally I'm just like, no, we can do it. And they're like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we could do it. (laughs) Like, does it come from like, I know from going to tattoo studios that they just straight up tell you like, no, like you can't do color, but like, why do they make it seem so difficult? Is it because they never tried or is it because like they make it seem like it's a very like technical well, thing that's so difficult? Yeah, it's like anti-black racism, like straight up. Oh, okay. like, <laughs> I was like, I'm like, why? The math isn't mathing. I feel like it's not that It's hard. It's straight up racism. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, like with anything in this field, with anything that we do, it's a, a skill and a learned skill that we have to adapt to like there are so many things that make a tattoo difficult to do skin color for me isn't even like on the list right Mm. there are so many factors it could be if somebody you know uh, some folks who are addicts or some folks who take certain types of medication or people with eczema or whatever the case is uh, people who have loose skin older people like there's so many factors as to like the skin being different to work on 
skin complexion isn't really one of them. And I think there is like a technical skill and application that gets done mm -hmm. for more melanated skin, but it's color theory. It's all color theory. It's all, it's also a little bit of trial and error. Like two black people can walk in with the same undertones, the same skin complexion, the same ways in which they take care of their skin. And then something doesn't work. Uh -huh. You just try it again. Mm -hmm. Like touch-ups happen all the time. Like it, it is what it is, but yeah, I haven't really had that much of an issue. I think some people would say that they're scared to try it, but I think it's just that they've never really had to be that accountable to try it. Mm. You know, it's like, what's the issue? Mm -hmm. So I can't answer that question really other than just saying they're anti-black. Well, I'm happy yeah. <laughs> you exist and you're doing the work. And on social media, you seem to do a lot of educating people on this stuff. Like, how how do you feel about, like, the people on the internet? <laughs> I don't know. When they're not calling me the N-word and telling me I should die. Oh, my God. <laughs> Getting doxxed. How do you even manage there are, you know, dark-skinned people who experience far worse than what I'm experiencing. Equally, there's far less dark-skinned black artists, monoracial artists represented in the industry. So I'm just like, yeah, like this it has to be done. I don't even know if I educate people anymore. I just speak. I speak my opinions and then I amplify the voices of like other folks or folks who have already said it, mm -hmm. you know, or are saying it clients experiences things like that because i have never experienced like any sort of colorism when getting tattooed that's mm -hmm. never been covered in like color tattoos mm -hmm. only one person fucked me up which was weird but um and was like i don't know if it's gonna work on you and i'm like ma'am <laughs> this is this is weird you can't just get somebody uh, to pull out a paper bag and be like mm. yeah yeah she scarred me up but that's absolutely nothing I feel like there's a lot of folks in the industry now that are like doing the work and trying to unlearn, unpack, dismantle these like really harmful narratives. And just as black folks trying to insert ourselves in a culture and a practice that began mm -hmm. with black and indigenous mm -hmm. people and reclaim that. And I'm not the only artist that does that. I'm not the only artist that works with melanated skin. It's unfortunate that even the artists that work at my shop now, I hadn't even heard about. Oh. They just don't get highlighted the way that white people do mm -hmm. and non-black people do, especially. Oh. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Mm -hmm. So as a tattoo artist, as a creative, as a person that people know, do you find it hard to date? Oh God. <laughs> Sorry, it's just, I laugh every time somebody says something like that. I don't have a large platform. I don't have a lot of followers. But Toronto's so uh, small and big. Yes, like I remember you, uh, you had hosted a, a wine tour and I went by myself. Also, I, f I felt like kind of a loser because like, I don't know, like I went and then so many, I was like talking to people and like a lot of them were like, oh yeah, I follow you. Oh, I know you. But they didn't like say that off the rip. We were just chatting and then like, yeah, I know. And I'm oh like, my gosh. oh my gosh. People do that in Toronto. Like, they'll be fully talking to you, having conversation, yeah. and then suddenly be like, yeah, I know you. I know everything about you already. It's like, oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, it's intimidating. And I think I'm partnered now. We're poly, though. But when I was on Tinder, I would actually, if they had their Instagram connected, I would check to see if they were following my business account oh, to see whether sorry. or not I wanted to, like, even engage. Yeah. I think 
I feel like I have to show up the way that folks expect me to show up all the time and be who they believe I am online. Mm -hmm. And like not everything that's online is like the truth. Obviously, that's like such a cliche to say. Even clients are like, we'll see my story and they're like, oh my God, you're so funny. I can't wait till our appointment. And I'm like, I'm like. <laughs> you think you're going to get tattoo ad jokes? Like, yeah. <laughs> two for one? I'm like, you don't know what kind of day I'm going to be having. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know? Yeah. Especially with like dating. I think that there's like a little bit of like a fear that I'm going to share intimate parts of myself or be vulnerable and be myself and then if things don't work out what are folks going to say about me right like we are at our best in relationships and we are also at our worst in relationships mm, and yeah. I'm always worried about how f that's going to be reflected back onto my business and like the way that Toronto is is like everybody's stories out there with little to no context I struggle with so much I'm neurodivergent I have trauma and so it's like I I share that with my partner because I, you have to and I'm mm -hmm. just worried that like I don't know what people are gonna do with that information so True. yeah it is a little bit hard but then there's like the other side of that same coin that is like oh they know me so they know my values they know who I am they know mm. I'm outspoken mm -hmm. like they get a sense of that so like if you're gonna like buy into this then like you kind of know what you're already getting yourself into I also try not to take myself so seriously and understand that not every nobody gives a fuck about you really you know you can have followers and people that are like fans I, I get told that it's weird but like people just like to see themselves represented and like to see representation that like like what they want to be mm -hmm. you know does that make sense yeah it makes total sense yeah people definitely yeah i totally agree with you on like people don't care people it's not that deep no. it's not as deep as like we almost make it seem right you know like i find i get so like wrapped up in that like oh my god i'm being perceived people are perceived. you yeah Hold on. no <laughs> let me stop you right there your tiktoks but is that like me daily <laughs> No, it's not. Right? That's the thing. So yeah. I'm just like, perceive me as daddy. Go ahead. Perceive me as daddy. Oh, but God, like, God. also I'm like an onion, you know? Right. Oh my God. You, but like, yeah. So, I mean, I could throw Layers. the question back at you being a promoter, being a party planner on like one of the biggest queer parties <laughs> in Toronto. Do you find it difficult to date? Like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to date because... I'm making a party for the same people I would date. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like conflict of interest. Do you attend strap parties? I'll be on Tinder. Someone will match with me and be like, oh my gosh, I love your parties. I, I really wanted to reach out and message you so I could like, you know, just like talk to you about your parties and see. Talk to you about what? Talk about the parties to do what? Right? They want to a free ticket or not? Business, like, Aww. kind of. I'm like, um, that's really sweet, but you can email me for that kind of stuff. Like, what is this? Like, matching. Not like, info at. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, break my heart. I'm here matching with this baddie all just for it to just slide into my DMs on some business shit. No. I get a lot of mixed things. So it's yeah. like people who are fans yeah. and they just like have bought into whatever they've perceived me to be. Mm -hmm. So then we go on dates and it's just based on perception. They think I'm gonna be on at all points in time. And then there's also just those people who are just, I don't know, they just want a proximity to me. I've had so many mm -hmm. people that like, mm -hmm. went on one singular date with, can't even remember their middle name, you know? <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm hearing from next people like, oh yeah, me and Marissa dated. And I'm like, what? Which part? Like when? Verb, like are currently happening. Currently dated. What? Let me ask you something. Because mm -hmm. like for tattoo artists, there is a morality thing or an ethical thing where, or a thing that like some would say that there's a power dynamic mm -hmm. with what we do. And I think that inherently when working with a body so intimately, there is. Yeah. Um, and that's why we have to create a, like a safe environment for our clients and they share so much of themselves, including their body and sometimes are nude. 
So there are boundaries that we can't break. Mm -hmm. um, I think that some artists just take it a, a little too far in like what that social, almost like a social hierarchy. And I'm like, we're blue collar, like this is weird. Mm -hmm. All that to say, do you feel the same? Like in dating, in your world, in the party scene, is there a hierarchy? Are there boundaries that you feel like you have to place? There's definitely boundaries that I have to place because again, it's the power dynamics. I'm creating this party, you attend this party. I don't want there to be like, we date, doesn't work out, then suddenly you and your 10 friends never come to my business again, yeah. you know? Like, so I- Always on business. Right, yeah. my mind is so like business focused, especially when I'm in this like party space, like no matter how lit I am, I'm just very much like, hey, like end of the day, I'm, like, I'm making my event to mm -hmm. create space for people and to also pay my staff. So I can't be like mixing and mingling. Like, yes, like originally when I started the party, because it was new to me, I was very flirty, but then like I noticed whore. how, <laughs> yeah, a whole whore. I, at one point, like um, remembered, like just getting into the poly world. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm gonna invite my partner invite their partner oh, no. and then also the two things i'm talking to on tinder come through it's on me then it just creates all this mix-up and drama because it's like why am i making out with the one per partner in the corner here my thing from tinder is seeing now i'll never attend the party it's like wow you know it's just like is this recent or <laughs> <all>? <laughs> no this was like first party big mistake but yeah i've learned and i've grown but it just it just takes away from mm -hmm. what I'm trying to do. So I just completely like, now I have those hard boundaries where I'm like, I'm, I'm working, flirt, cute, be cute, whatever, mm -hmm. DMs. I might flirt back, but not in a way that's gonna affect my party. Like if someone's, I guess to me, flirting is like hard eyeing a picture. Like that's, that's flirting. Extent. I don't know. Oh People act God. like that's flirting, no? I'm hard I know. <laughs> I don't even know when someone likes me. What? I swear to God, no, I'm really it bad is, at that. I'm, I have that too because I'm like hard eyeing my friends stuff. Right. But then sometimes I'm like, hey, <laughs> wink, wink. No, okay. We're I don't. Okay, no, but I don't actually understand it because like even like, oh, like, I'll post a picture online, and like a whole flock of gal will be like. Stomp on my throat, daddy. You're God. You own Instagram. And I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> Are you trying to fuck? I don't get it. And they're like, just friends. Like, oh my God. That's what I'm saying. So no, I don't know what flirting Yo. is. I just, I play it cool, aloof and mysterious. Queer people do that. I used to be like that too. I used to just like extra hype up my friends. Like, eat me. Like, <laughs> You get my mouth. Like, just be gross. I I don't. I think the most intense is probably a few flame emojis and a wow hard eyes. Oh, a wow hard eyes. I yes, <laughs> a black heart. Okay, that was aesthetic. like special. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm done. I've definitely done the like. When I would get like sexy messages from people, I'd be like, wow, hard eyes, and then I realize that's not you're not saying anything. No, when people I guess are flirt, I have to like talk to my partner sometimes and be like I don't know I got this message and they're like oh what is it and they're like oh my god I'm in love with you like I'd love to take you out you're everything I'd ever want I'm like are they flirting with me oh my god <laughs> and my partner's like yes yeah. and I'm like oh thanks and you just say thanks what else am I supposed to say yes or no why <laughs> This is non-consensual. I didn't consent to have, to, be to have to deal with this social interaction yeah. now. Mm -hmm. I'm neurodivergent. I can't handle all of that. It is a lot. And it's a lot of pressure. I used to get DMs like that. Like, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic when people were extra, you know, horny. And like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everyone's just like brave and bold because they're just sitting at home on their phone and just sliding into DMs. Right. I felt so much pressure at that point when people were just like hey you know after all this remember when we kept saying that after all this <laughs> is it, are we in the after it's or we're not in the after? It's not happening but can i take you out and it's just like i don't want to be mean and be like no i'm not interested because then i'm just like but my business 
and then mm. also be like yes and not want to actually go on this like how do you think you can like i mean that feels a little unfair it feels it's hard it's really tricky but i've learned now that like just stating your boundaries is like the best way to go about it. like hey i currently am not dating that's what someone taught me i'm not Ooh. dating i'm not dating right now really that's a good one right because it's not like it's not personal it's nothing <laughs> to do with you i'm just not dating i i don't know i feel like i don't actually understand dating whatsoever i i've dated a client once uh, but like this particular person i stated so many boundaries with and they just broke every single one of them always oh, i thought you were going to tell me the reverse no they just broke every i just don't i don't think people know how to be in relationships and like listen like especially when you're like emotionally mature i guess and aware and i like clearly state my boundaries and say that i'm not interested in continuing a romantic relationship with you but i'm okay with being friends as long as we don't go past this and they're like oh my god fuck me right now it's like wait i just told you i don't (laughs) want to do that but it's like something about the fact that you can articulate your needs is just like, it's like, it's on for people. That's yeah. been my experience. I mm. don't know. I've had this too. And yeah. it's just like, it gets to a point where it's just awkward. And I'm like, not one to ghost people, but when they continuously and continuously disrespect your boundaries with that, like I've tried so many times to convert like a sexual relationship to them just being like friends because I'm like, this isn't. You know, a sexual start off as a sexual. Yeah, start off sexual, and I'm like, it is hard to transition, but it's just like. No, you just don't have sex with them. But then it's like when the temptation is there. You don't. Then that's a you problem. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like I'm getting messages like, "Oh my gosh, I should be eating you out right now." What are you saying after this? Blah blah. blah. I'm just like, can we, can we just like be friends? But then it just it doesn't work out. Okay, that's a year. That's not you. It's me. It's hard when I'm done. I'm done. You. (laughs) (laughs) Not the accountability. I know. (laughs) I just like I walk away from anybody really easily. It's cold to say. That sounds harsh. But no, it's good. I'm a heart Scorpio. When I'm done, I'm like done. And if I don't want to do something, I won't do it. People can ask, and I will say no. I don't know. I think that sex is really easy for me to detach from as well. I feel Very so easily. attached. Really? Yeah. What do you mean? Why? I don't know. It's like you're sharing your body with this person. Okay. It feels so like... <laughs> you could share your body with anybody. <laughs> I share my body with my doctor. It doesn't mean I'm in love with him. You're not? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> He's got money. I don't know. I think about it once in a while. I don't know. I just get, Maybe it's my Pisces rising. I just get so... <laughs> imaginative my in my head I'm like mm, what about when we like you know we can get a house together like I start planning all these things out like I also can't just have casual sex <gasps> I love casual sex like <laughs> what I what do you mean I, you can't have casual sex one time in casual sex formal sex is always what? formal <laughs> formal sex <laughs> We're dating. Oh God. <laughs> We're going to be together. This is us growing together. I don't know. I just get so like, yeah, I get so attached. I've done a one night stand once and it was like, great. And then I cried. <laughs> I was like, what? Really? This is it. Yeah. I thought you were Zaddy. I am. But Zaddy wants to have baby all the time. You know, like. <laughs> Can't just be You're like, God, Daddy, and run. I'm just your not. father. That's what you are, <laughs> father, Daddy. <laughs> wow, you can. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it just doesn't work out for me. I'm like, we have to at least like be like just a friends with benefits kind of thing. But even that never works for me either. I'm just like, this is a relationship. I'm starting to realize maybe it's me. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> No, mm, I don't know. I feel like I, I'm i not a fuckboy in, in that I don't care about the people. Like, I don't care about the people that I'm sleeping with. I do care. Mm-hmm. And I do like to build relationships within a particular parameter with the people that I'm sleeping with. Like, I want them to feel cared for. I want them to um, feel safe. Everything's consensual. I want them to know what my expectations are like I've definitely done one night stands but yeah I could detach myself from sex so easily because it's sex Mm -hmm. it's not like the most 
insane part it's the intimacy i think that is like hard for me to detach from i could like fuck for like eight hours one night and just have the most intense sex of my life and just eight never talk hours. yeah wow wild <laughs> i just nobody's done that like, <laughs> oops okay sorry oh, i'm gonna get a bunch of dms after this <laughs> Okay. Ooh, eight hours. They're like, what you doing? <laughs> Let me get a ride. I mean, if you've seen my fucking videos, I got a whip hanging on my fucking wall. So casual. Um, super <laughs> cash. Uh, yeah, I could like have sex for a, a long period of time and then never talk to that person again. But like, in eight hours talking to somebody intimately, oh my god, like that's mm. like uh, now I'm in, like now I'm in love. Now I want to know you. Yeah, let's hang out. Like oh. that's that's hard for me to detach myself mm-hmm. from intimacy like that. So I always like to ask friends, you know, like when we're spending time together, like what makes you feel sexy and why is it your podcast? And wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> me accusing you? <laughs> when do I feel sexy? Yeah. What makes you feel sexy? Nothing. I'm okay. deeply insecure. Okay, so we'll just ask you about your podcast. <laughs> I know. When do I get sexy? Um, it's kind of a gender conversation. Mm, okay. I'm really great at dates, and I feel sexy then because I feel secure. I enter them as authentically as possible, and I think I think that's what it is. Authenticity mm-hmm. feel, makes me feel sexy. And in terms of like the gender stuff, I'm fat. Hello, <laughs> welcome, welcome to uh, stating the obvious. I used to hyper-feminize myself um, in order to feel sexy, but it didn't make me feel good. It was like I had to look a certain way in order to feel desirable, not only to other people, but to like myself. But now, like, I don't know, like braids, having braids made me feel sexy. No makeup makes me feel sexy. Sometimes my little stash comes in and I feel sexy. Hoodies and like jeans. I don't know. Grills. Oh, my God. Grills. Gold. Yes. It's also just like, I don't know. I I just feel culturally it like makes me feel sexy. Yeah. I think when I'm living most authentically for myself and no longer like trying to exist within a binary and not to say that like makeup and certain outfits are femme. I think that those terms are kind of arbitrary when we're thinking outside the binary, especially as like a non-binary person. But that, like, is the language that we have. But I think just in, like, my most natural state, when I feel the most safe, the most comfortable, the most able to be vulnerable is when I feel feel the best. Oh. Was that an intense answer? Oh, that was a great <laughs> answer. Like, I relate to so much of that, like, especially with coming from when I was performing femininity. Mm, yeah. That's what it felt like. It felt like I was performing. So once I started to get out of that for myself and start to dress the way I felt internally, mm-hmm. I do feel sexier. So I agree with you on that. I feel like once, as like, for me as like an AFAB person, for one, I, I like identify as like a black femme non-binary. Mm-hmm. So I think that black womanhood is so different from non-black womanhood mm-hmm. and that experience is just different in all of it in itself i think that blackness is inherently queer as well but like once you start to like enter a space where you feel most authentically like you are presenting most authentically and accepting yourself most authentically that gender stuff starts to be like whatever mm-hmm. it's like yeah i could wear eyelashes and makeup and still not be considered as like high femme yeah right like or as a woman mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah you asked me something about my podcast it was like yeah. in a weird way that yeah, what did you sorry. ask <laughs> i thought it was like when do you feel most sexy why'd you start the podcast <laughs> like yeah i was like let me compile questions <laughs> to you but i was curious you you have a podcast uh i do yeah can i is it a secret can i know something about it <laughs> tell me tell well, I have the podcast, actually, because of you. You definitely made those connections for me. I really liked what you were doing. Uh, I did have a podcast before. We did it completely independent, and it was just really difficult to navigate. But it's called The Teardown. It's lingo and language for after you're done a tattoo, you tear down. So you mm-hmm. set up and you tear down. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just tearing down these bitches. But 
I started to feel like my online presence was getting conflated with like who I was. Mm. And I started to just feel like I needed to perform in certain ways, like what we were saying earlier, that I couldn't really be as authentic as I wanted to. After the Black Square moment, where people were caring for a little bit, they stopped caring. So then I felt more silenced and felt like I needed to be more reserved. But then also I don't want to be. And there are people out there who are rad and dope and say dope things and do dope things that I feel like don't get platformed enough. So the podcast really came from me wanting to explore myself, talk about the things that matter to me, platform people that I think are amazing, who are not as visible as they should be. And this isn't like giving them a platform. They have a platform, but it's like, let's hear their voices instead. And in mm -hmm. tattooing, it's so cis, het, and white. They don't talk about anything really interesting. And it's not contemporary. It's not of the now. It doesn't reflect this new age of tattooing. It's more progressive scene. And so I just was like, okay, people want to hear what I have to say. And so I feel like the podcast is a really cool way to like introduce these nuanced conversations and like talk about the industry uh, differently than how it's talked about before not gatekeeping you know certain answers i think that a lot of people are interested in tattooing and want to know about it more intimately not just like how did you get started tattooing type stuff but like what is it like to date what is it like to engage sexually with a client or what is it like mm. to be fat and these are so some taboo conversations that I think will be interesting to explore. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited too. And it comes out this month. Yeah, <laughs> it does. That's super exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm so curious to hear about like those nuanced conversations. I'll say this, the first episode is interesting. Okay. It does have a super fun secret, my ex. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh, speaking, shoot, is that my? Oh, what? Guess who just messaged me? Stop. Who? The tattoo girl. Wait. <laughs> Does this mean? What does this mean? I think this means um, she's trying to see me in the next 30 minutes. So I might have no to. No tattoo. I, I guess I'm going to have to leave the tattoo alone. Okay. I guess that's it. Wow. Well, it's going to be a memory that we... I hope it goes well. We'll see. I'm sure you will make sure it goes well. Yeah. Right? And you yeah. will... Yeah. Or else we'll just have a cute memory. I love that. Have Thanks. fun. Thanks so much for your time today. And yeah, I guess I'll hit you up when I have another terrible tattoo. X to cover up. No yeah, yeah. I'll still be here. Yes. Waiting. <laughs> so it looks like I might be keeping this tattoo after all. <laughs> I really enjoyed this date with Vegas and you should get to know them some more. They've got this great podcast coming out called The Teardown and it's available everywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also follow them on Instagram at Vegas.inc. That is V-E-G-A-S dot I-N-K. All right. This was fun and I can't wait to see what else we've got in store. Hold tight. You're in for a ride. <laughs>